She Watchables episode. I've forgotten. August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Seven. 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 Clap. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth. Very smooth. Yeah, welcome to the February Love edition of the She Watchables podcast. And uh, yeah, we're a bit late, aren't we? Well, Um, yeah. But it's quite in keeping with the main character of our chosen film. Oh, very good. Yes. We did it on purpose, people. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's just taken us this long to just finish reading all our Valentine's cards, hasn't it? Yeah, and replying to them. And replying, Break, Breaking yeah. all those hearts. Letting people down gently, yeah. So yeah. we finally got around to, to watching a film uh, <laughs> this month. And it's it's a romantic comedy. It's incredibly British. It, it doesn't get British. more British. Yeah. No, it really doesn't. No. And it has rendered one of our categories redundant. Yeah, it has. It has. And it is, of course, a classic British rom-com. And where it all began for Richard Curtis, mm-hmm. it's for Weddings and a Funeral. Yay! Yay! Oh, for WAF. For WAF, as no one is calling it. <laughs> That's that. That's um, my abbreviation for it I, from now yeah, on. For WAF. I, I struggled when I was when I was texting an abbreviation and made. I think I made it longer <laughs> than than it had than the actual title. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for WAF, as no one is calling it. Um, did you? Nineteen ninety four. Wow. Yeah, nineteen ninety four. I must mm-hmm. have seen it at the cinema. Probably, probably uh, like the full Monty. I probably saw it um, at the showcase. On mm-hmm. the uh, on the East Langs Road because that was the nearest Aww. cinema at the time. Who knows? It might still be in uh, oh, no, <laughs> coming months. And I know. I really really hope that's not the case. But uh, nothing against Showcase, but you know. Yeah, it's nice having a cinema in St Helens, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We forget that we're spoiled. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we never used to. Well, there were there were lots of cinemas in St Helens. Then they all closed down, and then. We've got the Cine World and now that's closed. And you've got yeah. uh, you've got the one that you've been to a few times. I've not been there yet, Luchum. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Luchum. Luchum, let's Luke, call the Luke, whole thing oh, See, off. I don't know how to Well, here's it. the thing about Luchum is if you go to Luchum uh, Community Run Cinema and you call it Luchum, they will tell you off and tell you it's Luchum because mm-hmm. it's uh, Latin and it comes from Ex Terra Luchum. Mm-hmm. which is the motto of St Helens, uh, out of the ground comes light. Now, I have a friend who's a retired Latin teacher who says right. it's got a hard C, it's Lucan. It's Luke, right, okay. So I have to be careful who I'm speaking to as to <laughs> <laughs> how I refer to it. But anyway, Lucan sounds fab. more sort of in keeping with the local dialect, to be fair. It does, it does really, yeah. yeah. It sounds quite quite scintillina. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lucum Cinema is fabulous. A little community-run place, and yeah, big up to them. And we really, mm. really hope that we'll see that reopening sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, I'd like to go. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we we wandered off topic there. That's Sorry, not like that's us, my fault. It? Oh, it's my fault. Entirely my fault <laughs> for saying where we originally watched uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. And um, I will have watched it with my. Uh, uh, then boyfriend, now uh, husband. 
So, and we were in the early throes of our relationship, which probably explains why I felt much more warmly towards some of the characters in the film then mm-hmm. than I do now, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> did you enjoy she watching it? I did actually, yeah. Because I have very vague memories of watching it most likely on TV, probably mm-hmm. a year or two after it came out. So, yeah, my rewatch really was, it felt like my first, like, proper uh, intended watch, you know. Yeah. Um, So I could remember bits of it. I could remember some of the really funny scenes out of it that I was quite looking forward to watching again. I could remember some of the um, annoying bits in it as well. (laughs) Again, save it for later. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so I really did enjoy rewatching it. It it is a good film. It is. Really good, good, solid rom-com british rom-com it is so yeah as you said it's a 1994 film directed mm-hmm. by mike newell written by richard curtis of course uh, mm-hmm. imdb score of 7.1 yeah i think that's a little bit harsh <laughs> yeah. have you read any of the reviews on imdb oh no go for it i, lo- I love good reviews oh bad there's reviews lo- they're even better no there's loads of fantastic reviews of it most people are giving it like nines and things like that but there's yeah. a couple of two stars in there um and one person in particular really just really took a dislike to the film and described it as a hollow mechanical movie <laughs> <laughs> and i thought that was really funny a hollow mechanical movie they clearly so didn't they get really any did not cards. like it they didn't get any no. valentine's cards this year that no, person no they never had a crush on hugh grant no no that, that <laughs> speaks a bitter person <laughs> Definitely. With not a romantic bone in their body. Yeah. It was, well, many, many people disagree with, with said mm-hmm. two-star reviewer. It was nominated yeah. for a Best Picture Oscar. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was up against Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, uh, Shawshank Redemption. That is a tough year. That is a tough year. Wow. Yeah. But uh, it, it won a ton of BAFTAs, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was pipped to the Best picture oscar unfortunately uh that Aww. year but yeah i would say it is rewatchable i've actually <laughs> I, I saw it at the cinema i've watched it since and just doing this uh, this rewatch i've watched it three times oh. uh and i really I, i've really enjoyed it i like it and what's strange about it is that it's essentially it's essentially a some set pieces, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There are four very similar set pieces, obviously. Yeah. You know, title kind of mm-hmm. gives that away. So you would think it wouldn't be rewatchable. You'd think it'd be a bit samey, but, you know, repetitive. Yeah. But actually, I think I think one thing that makes it rewatchable is we've all been there. I don't know. Have you had a year where you just seem to go to weddings all the time? Um, me personally, no. I think the most amount of weddings I've ever been to in a year is two. So okay, that's very nice. I, I've, you know, not not too many to deal with in one year. What about you? I yeah did have a year. I can't remember what year it was, but I think four friends got married. It was it was the 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 year of four weddings, and thankfully not a funeral. But uh, <sighs> and it was quite similar to this, where they mm-hmm. were friends from university, so I kept meeting the same people. Uh, right. Each time, and it did get to that like, oh, so I'll see you next month, you know. Um, <laughs> So I think uh, maybe it's different these days. I, I don't know. Incidents of marriage is going down a little bit. But I think many people have had that experience of just going to a lot of weddings. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, one after the other. And certainly Richard Curtis, I think he was inspired to write the film because he went to something ridiculous like 65 weddings over a 10-year period. Oh, and, word. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my word. Yeah. Oh, my word. So I think, yeah, I think one, one of the reasons why it's rewatchable is, with, you know, you can kind of identify. Yeah. And also it's just the, um, uh, the dialogue. The dialogue, mm-hmm. it, it's, some of it's a bit cheesy, but it's just it's, it's well-written and they're fun characters. Mm-hmm. And, again, there's different bits and pieces going on in the background that you pick up when you when you rewatch, like the woman who says that she met her husband at a wedding. Mm-hmm. He appears a bit later on in that scene, and he's a priest. Oh yeah. So I, when she says she yeah. met him at a wedding, it's like, oh, you uh-huh. really did, yeah. Uh, and it's just little things like that that you don't pick up the first time, and you know mm-hmm. when you when you're watching it a bit more intently, you know. So yeah, I think it it certainly is rewatchable, and it's funny. Have you got it on DVD? I have, yes. Oh, see, I'm going to have to borrow it and watch it again now. So I got my uh, I got my watch for free using an unnamed streaming service. A legal streaming service, <laughs> yes. I will add. Just legal. to clarify. Perfectly fine. But one of those where, you know, you get a seven-day free trial and then you just cancel it before it charges oh, you. Oh, I would never do that. For that. I would never do that. It, it got very close. I almost forgot to cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had about four hours. I'm like, oh, I need to cancel that. Oh, um, bless him. Amazon so, yeah, just keep so giving me to... free trials. It's great. How do you do this? Know, I, just... I never get anything for free from Amazon. I got um, I got a 99p's worth of... Uh, it was a week's worth of uh, Amazon Prime for 99p last week. See, that's um, brilliant. Well, it is because I was going to pay 2 99 for postage on something. And they said, do you want mm-hmm. a week of Amazon Prime for 99p? And I went, yeah. I've clearly got the wrong it. account. <laughs> you clearly have. <laughs> They're trying to woo me, I think. <laughs> it's not going to work. Absolutely not going to work. I can't be bribed. I obviously spend too much money with them. <laughs> yes. That's they know I'll never it. leave. Yeah, exactly. You'll never yeah. leave. They've got you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how British is it? We've said non-more British. Um, mm-hmm. But how British is it? It's filmed in the UK. It's a British production. It's practically an all-British cast. Mm-hmm. Apart from the two obvious exceptions, uh, the the glamorous Americans. <laughs> so yeah. yes, definitely British. Definitely allowed to talk about it uh, on the podcast. Yay! What about so, the uh, the cast and the uh, the cast and crew? Is this Hugh Grant's breakout role? I think yes, I think so. He'd been was in... he discovered for this? Yes. I think he'd been in some real low budget, you know, European films, not those kind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I think he'd been in things that no one had really seen him in. Right. Uh, and yeah, so I think it was mm. it was his, his breakout role. Uh, I mean, obviously we have to say like like last month's film, like Full Monty, it's it's an ensemble, isn't it? It's a mm-hmm. it's a really good ensemble. And I looked this up, I remembered about the Screen Actors Guild ensemble award oh yeah sadly for waf was out in 1994 and the screen actors guild awards only began in 1995 oh god did they certainly would have won for they were robbed yeah they were robbed Mm -hmm. so yeah they didn't get any ensemble cast awards unfortunately but it is a fab cast and Mm -hmm. as you say not only hugh grant but i think john hannah uh, it was certainly his first acting role. He was an electrician at the time. 
Oh, really? Right, so John Hanna was in Cold Feet, wasn't he? Was uh, he in Cold yes, Feet? I think he was. I never watched Cold Feet. So. Footnote John Hanna was not in Cold Feet. Maybe Betty's thinking of John Thompson. Or that other Scottish actor, James Nesbitt. Or the 2005 serial killer drama, Cold Blood. Whichever it is, it's unlikely John Hanna will be going back to rewiring houses anytime soon. So I've, so in my mind, but maybe this is because I watched Four Weddings and a Funeral after it came out. I always right. sort of knew him from ah, that yes. first and then this later, but that's where the confusion is in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was his first um, main uh, main role, and he is fabulous. I'm going to go he so is. far as to say he may be an MVP of the film. Oh, okay. Because he does drive the story along. Mm-hmm. He seems he's he's the one speaking the truth all the time. You know, he speaks yeah. to uh, Charlie about finding true love. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the character at the end that's speaking to him about you know whether he wants to go through with the with the marriage or not very level-headed boy very much so yeah so from that point of view i'm gonna say he's possibly uh the mvp although tom i think is my favorite character oh he's lovely he is great (laughs) he's so sweet because he has a couple of like little sort of moments of you know, speaking from his heart and actually being he quite does. wise with what he says. And it does kind of take you by surprise because it's not really in keeping with his character in the rest of the film. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah, some of some of my... Um, we'll come back to favourite lines and can you use them in real life, but some of the favourite lines that I've written mm-hmm. down are, are Tom's, even though he almost oh. seems like an incidental character. Yeah. Um, you know, he says some wise things and some funny things. So, yeah... It, it, You've got oh, just all these amazing actors. Andy McDowell, um, this was after Groundhog Day. Oh, so, exactly. well, I didn't realise yeah. that as well, actually. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. So it's Groundhog Day, it. like, 93 or something? I think so, yeah. This was hot on its right. heels. So she was pretty big mm-hmm. at that But she time. wasn't the first consideration for the role, though. She wasn't. Which is quite surprising. Yeah. I'm not sure if you have any names on the commentary the writer and director were, were very coy about who who their first choices were. Right, okay. So. I, um, I read, uh, obviously it's only a bit of reading, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's spot on, but Marissa Tomei was linked to the role. Oh, I can see that. And, oh golly gosh, I can't remember who the other person was now, but Weirdly, both of them had to drop out due to ill relatives or loss of relatives right. close to them. So that's how Andy McDowell apparently yeah. was then offered the role. Mm. But af- after doing Groundhog Day, you'd think she'd be a shoe in for it anyway. Yes, definitely. Although possibly too expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, oh. I believe I believe she was offered something else at the same time, which right. would have netted her a lot more money but really? preferred this script, which is yeah. a decent call. Mm-hmm. So so well done. She, yeah, she decided to take a percentage of the uh, the money yes. made from it as well, which very basically <laughs> worked out very well for her because nobody else did. They just took a flat fee. Which is why she hasn't been in very much since. I know, because yeah. Because she Sorted. hasn't needed to. 
Um, so yeah, James Fleet, uh, who plays Tom, he's wonderful. David Haig, he's, he's someone who's been in everything. Hasn't yeah. He? I mean, I, I I remember him from the Thin Blue Line. That's exactly where <laughs> I remember him from. That program was just the best. <laughs> it really was. Um, so funny. Yeah, yeah that's where he's I remember him from. He's just got one from. of those comedy faces, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. He's just you could just laugh yeah. just thinking about him. He's got a brilliant voice as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's just something about yeah, his absolutely. voice that just makes me chuckle. Um, like he's trying to be like well, really Charlotte serious Coleman. all the time. I forgot about this. Um, I forgot that, um, that that she passed away quite young. I feel like she, I knew uh, this somewhere in my mind, but yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. She was... I, yeah. I remember it. I remember it at the time, but I'd kind of forgotten about it until I watched, uh, watched the film again. So that, yeah, that's really tragic. An asthma attack. Oh, is that what it was? Um, so yeah. That's... Oh. Uh, um, she has horrible. some of the best lines in the film as well. Nicola Walker. I think it was her first screen uh, role. She's, mm-hmm. I think she's practically uncredited. She's just credited as um, dreadful folk singer. Uh, <laughs> of course, she's now in everything. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like uh, she's drama. Uh, I don't mean this in a... A drama queen. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say she's a drama queen. I don't mean it in that way, but she is the drama no. queen. She's she's drama royalty. She's drama royalty. Yes, drama royalty. That's yeah. nicer. Uh, but yeah, she she's been in everything. David Bauer, mm-hmm. who plays David, um, just some fabulous uh, actors. And just listening yeah. to the commentary, what's interesting is that they made sure that every character had a story arc, which again right. is something that you don't fully appreciate on first watch. But mm-hmm. everyone has got a beginning middle and an end to the stories which is uh, the reason why they have that slightly little odd scene with Scarlet sitting under the table uh, with the little girl and explaining about you yeah. know, her, her love life um, and the reason why yes. that scene's in is because they said you know she's not really got she, you know you don't really know much about Scarlet um, she's not really mm-hmm. got a story arc and they put that in deliberately to, to you know to, to give her that that character development mm-hmm. So and yeah, when yeah. you kind of watch it again, oh yeah, you can follow each of the characters through the beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, fab, fab writing. Favorite lines, worst lines. We've never had a worst lines category before, but I'm I'm sorry to say <laughs> I had to put one in because some of them I can't are... even begin to imagine what they might be. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the worst lines because uh, you know uh-huh. it's slightly cruel, I think, but. Um, has to be said, that the one that everyone comes up with in this film is, is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. Mm-hmm. Which so really is a cheesy. line. But once again, in the commentary, they discussed the fact that this was supposed to be a joke. So, yeah, so Andy McDowell's character is supposed to be making, making, a, making a funny. Ah, uh, she's supposed to be sarcastic British humour. Yes, but exactly. But she doesn't have... Exactly. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. So that's everyone the... thinks it's terrible because what on earth does she mean? That's so cheesy. But she's she's yeah. making it. She's making it funny. And again, <laughs> I think another line which is just as bad, but no one picks up, mm-hmm. is in the first wedding when Charlie first meets her and he says, "Great hat," and she says, "Thanks. I bought it especially." Well, of course she did. Yeah. It's a it's a wedding. 
Yeah. If it's a wedding cat, of course you bought it especially. Mm. And I wrote that down. I was like, this is this is terrible writing. I th- but yeah, again, I thought it was again, clunky dialogue. Really <laughs> clunky, but if you think of it in terms of she's making a funny again, mm-hmm. then it, it takes on a different resonance, doesn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's she quite just funny. Doesn't, she doesn't know how to deliver those lines. No, no. As you say, I think, unfortunately, it's British humour that's then being delivered by uh, yeah. an American. And I know it's one of those off-repeated um, things that Americans don't have a sense of irony, and I'm not sure it's true. But certainly, I don't know whether it's... I mean, bless her, she's a great actor um Mm -hmm. but i don't know if it's the writing the directing there's something about her performance she can't deliver these lines in Mm -hmm. a way that makes it clear that she is being sarcastic so it sounds dreadful she's in on the joke uh yeah great hat thanks i bought it especially she also says um last it's the last time i marry someone three times my age when she's discussing her separation from hamish and he clearly isn't three Mm -hmm. times her age (laughs) <laughs> so again, you know, she, she she probably is just she's probably being amusing, but it just doesn't come across that way, does it? The fault probably lies in the director's direction. Yeah, might have maybe. to say, just not coaxing that performance out of her. Oh, poor Andy McDowell. I know, I know, it's a shame. Favorite lines? Do, do you have any? Do you have any particularly bad lines that you were? you'd like to report there's no others from me that i can think of that really like made me go Ugh. set your teeth although i know I, I, this isn't a line in particular it's a scene so i'll save it for later there was something popped in my head but it's a scene. okay so. i'm intrigued i'm intrigued <laughs> favorite lines the mostly tom's lines i love i love the bit where he's trying to chat up the lady at the funeral at the funeral not at the funeral at all at the wedding <laughs> Um, and she realizes he realizes that she's already married, and he uh-huh. necks his champagne uh, in one and says, "Good lord, I seem to have finished my drink." Excuse me, which <laughs> is great. Just a really yeah. great way of getting out of a a conversation with someone. It's, I love that. And it, as we were talking about before, he's got some profound things to say, even though he's considered a bit of a numpty. And he says uh, at the at the final wedding. The good thing about having a reputation for being stupid is that people are less su- suspicious of you, mm-hmm. which is profound in it the is. extreme. Yeah, it is. That's what I mean about his character. Like he just he has these little moments of lucidity where he's like, "Boof, truth bomb." Definitely. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, um, and do you know what? I don't. I can't actually remember who says this, but just say I do whenever anyone asks you a question uh, about how to deal with being at a wedding is um, <laughs> is a it sounds like a throw again it's it's a it's a something that reward you know it rewards rewatching because at first you think it's a throwaway line but then at the end when the vicar asks charles if he loves someone else mm-hmm. he says i do he says i do yeah and you think oh that's a little very throwback smart to that. yeah 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 smarter than you think uh i'm not sure you can use any of those lines in real life uh, the, the other thing that always makes me chuckle as well is at the first wedding when uh, when, when they're taking the photographs and we have this exchange. Uh, splendid, I thought. What did you think? I thought splendid. What did you think? Splendid. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am going to start using the word splendid more. It's ever so British. Very middle much so. class. Very much so, yeah. 
So, yeah. uh, again, I've, I've kind of strayed from favourite lines into scene, but I'm going to say this anyway. There's a little exchange of lines um, between, I think it's Mrs Beaumont and Fiona. Mm-hmm. And Mrs Beaumont asks Fiona, are you married? And Fiona says, no. So Mrs Beaumont's reaction is, are you a lesbian? <laughs> it's just like, oh. And the it's reason the it's my favourite line is I can sympathise with yes. that assumption. Like, I have been in that position. <laughs> Has anyone ever actually said that to you? Yes. Really? A couple of times. My. A so, couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Not not just at a wedding, but yeah, for like wearing a rainbow bracelet and dyeing my hair oh, bright okay. colours. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like clear yeah. indications. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Hilarious. Well while while we're on that exchange, I mm-hmm. think that may be the only uh Mo moment in the film. Footnote. An apology. This month's recording was particularly challenging. Internet cutting out, random audio issues, and for that we apologise. You may worry that we've been visited by Darth Vader at this point in proceedings, but it's just Betty's dog Nelson having a little snooze. And I was trying oh, yeah. to decide if it was a more mover. I think it it just about scrapes through the uh, the Bechdel test because yeah. I think that may be the only exchange between two women mm-hmm. in the film, and they are talking about marriage, but they're not talking about a particular man. Yeah. Do I get? Does it get off on a technicality? I reckon we can allow it. Yeah. We can allow that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is the only time in the film where two women are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's or a just... little exchange. There's an exchange between uh, Charles and Matthew as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles, do you think there really are people who can just go up and say, "Hi, babe. Name's Charles. This is your lucky night." <laughs> and Matthew says, "Well, if there are, they're not English." <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't it's work. almost like a, you know, it's almost like a parody of a British film isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but this is where this is where it all started this is we you know from this mm-hmm. we get Notting Hill and uh, Love Actually and that whole little micro genre mm-hmm. I suppose of quintessentially British films um, lots of British swearing in it oh lots of it lot, lots of the f word yeah yeah which apparently was changed to um, a slightly more downgraded uh, word uh, for some American audiences Oh, right, okay. Yeah, the f- yeah the first five minutes, there's an awful lot of swearing. <laughs> there is. <laughs> an awful lot. I remember being quite shocked at the cinema, thinking, oh, that, oh, that this caught me by surprise. It's a good job you've not brought your mum to watch it with you. Absolutely. Yeah. It, you could just be late for the film, couldn't you? And, and miss mm-hmm. uh, miss all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, would, yeah, true. But uh, other than oh, that... There's, uh, there's several of them later on as well. There is. Yeah, there is, actually. There, there, it's... it's Sort of spread equally throughout the film. Yes, yeah. But other than that, you can probably watch it with your mum. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. Oh, I might fast forward the scene in the middle, though. At oh, wedding number. My. Is it wedding number two? Yes. Or wedding and Lydia, number three? Um, yeah, Lydia and um, oh, David Haig's character. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Bernard. Um, Bernard, of course it is. Yes. Um, yes, yes, there's a little bit of rumpy pumpy. 
mm-hmm. um, which is kind of yeah excruciating. To watch. <laughs> Hilarious scene, but <laughs> terrible yeah. at the same time. It is, yeah, yeah. So maybe <laughs> it's kind of done for comic effect, though, isn't it? You could probably get yeah. away with uh, a couple of Uncle Joe's mint balls, but uh, yeah, it, it's 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 not so bad. It's fairly tame, isn't it? It is, yeah. Although it yeah. did get it, it got a fifteen rating, I suppose, didn't it? It did, yeah. But nowadays, that'd probably be like a 12A. It probably would, yeah. Which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah, but you're almost certainly right, yeah. I suppose they they might have... I think you can only get away with one F in a 12A. Oh, right, okay. Um, Because they usually make sure that they do put one in, don't they? It's like, we're allowed one. We're going to yeah, have one. so we're having one. Exactly, yeah. So there's it's probably... like me with calories. <laughs> I'm allowed so many calories a day, I'm going to have them. <laughs> I'm having them, yes. <laughs> Quite right. So, yeah, there's probably a little bit too much swearing to be a 12 mm-hmm. but, uh, but these days, they'd just take all of that out, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd, they'd yeah. make sure it had a 12A. They would just use another word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, so, yeah, you can watch it with your mum. Favourite scenes... Because you, you mentioned the scene at wedding number three? Two. Yeah. At wedding number two, yeah. With Kristen Scott Thomas's character, Fiona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good scene. And she she's the she's the subject of one of my favourite scenes, which is when she confesses her love for Charlie. Oh. It's oh, un- that's very it's mushy. Mo- oh. Mushy, do you think so? I don't think it is mushy. I think it's. I think it's quite a real scene. You know. Oh, I... Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know. I just, to me, I'm like, come on, girl, get some self-respect. He's a bit of a jerk. You're better than that. Yeah, but I, I'm kind of going, you're... girl power. Come on. Well, again, interesting because we talked about this with the full Monty, didn't we? This it was filmed at a time when it, there was the ladette culture and. Girl mm-hmm. power and whatnot, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, so I suppose it. Uh, yeah, that kind of moping around after a man that, was yeah, not that's... in keeping with the. But I think it's different to Hen's character. It's pathetic, isn't she? You know, <laughs> she's she's a pathetic bunny boiler, isn't she? Moping she... around after Charlie, she's put her life on hold. Um, I just feel sorry for Fiona because she just can't seem to help it. She's just she's hanging around. He's a best friend. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and she carries a torch for him, and she can't see past that. And I just think that's a oh, yeah. I think it's I don't really know because I kind of feel I, I I feel a bit sorry for him in some ways as well because you know I mean you don't get to see necessarily what her relationship was with Charles beforehand. No, so you don't know what he's treated her like, and from what we can gather of his character through the film, he's a bit of a lad's lad and. A bit of a scallywag with the ladies. I yes. I sort of get that impression of him. So, you know, you kind of wonder what he put her through. And, you know, she obviously was very much in love with him. But then at the end of the film, when they are getting married, spoiler alert, um, you know, you don't really like a character that much because you see that she's been actually quite a horrible person. You know, the well... way she speaks to her dad and things like that is not very nice. Um, yeah. But with, with Fiona, I just... You know, I do sympathise, you know, that, you know, she's fallen in love with a best friend, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, why not tell him if that's what you want to do, yes. good on you, you know, you've got to that point where you're just like, ah, oh, flip it, I'm going to tell him how I feel. 
Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, you're better than him. You're better than him. <laughs> she is. I, I, I know where you're coming from. I just think that scene is just... It's just... I, use, I probably use the word heartbreaking too often, but I really think it is. It's just the way it's also... It's the only uh, other film reference that I could come up with. Because when she says, you know, it, it, it's, it's you, Charlie, it's always been you. Um, mm-hmm. That is clearly from On the Waterfront and uh, Raging Bull. I don't know whether she intended it that way or <laughs> whether that's just something that was that was written, a little bit of an in-joke. Mm-hmm. But it's just, oh, it's just kind of, oh, I can't believe she just said... And then worse still... When she says, you know, in the in the following scene, it doesn't matter. Oh, and I know. Just like, oh, it doesn't matter. That bit's sad. It is. It is. And I know like it's she's sad. Like she's going, my feelings don't matter. Exactly. Yeah. I've said it. I didn't. It didn't get the response I would have liked. It doesn't matter. Forget it. Forget yeah. it. And I just, even though it's really sad, I, I really like that scene because I think she just acts her socks off. Yeah. Kristen Scott Thomas is like amazing. Oh, she's fab. And apparently, uh, she, she's she's half French, isn't she? I don't know if that's by marriage or uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. If she's married into a French family or if she's parents of French. But there's there's a French oh, there's know. a French connection, if you will. <laughs> and um... footnote: Dame Kirsten Scott Thomas does indeed have French citizenship as she moved to Paris at the age of 19, studied acting in France and worked there as an au pair. In addition to her OBE and a DBE, she's also a Chevalier of the Légion d'Honneur. She apparently dubbed her own lines when they did the French version, which that's got to be quite unique. I bet there's not too many Mm. actors that have done that. Yeah. So, you know, more power to her. Um, I think she's fab, but I love that scene. I love John Hannah reading W. H. Arden at the Aww. funeral. Again, it's just why? Why am I all my favourite scenes the sad scenes? <laughs> What's going <laughs> yeah. on with that? <laughs> but it's just so powerful. Yeah. Um, um, and then just to just to cheer everybody up. Rowan Atkinson's first wedding. Um, <laughs> That's down as one of my favourite scenes. It's fabulous, yeah. doesn't matter how many times you watch it. You couldn't really I'll... pick like a better actor to do a scene like that either, I don't think. Well, you say that. he's got that splutteriness about him. It, absolutely. Yeah, it's difficult to imagine that they considered anyone else, but Michael mm-hmm. Sheen, apparently, oh, really? was considered. Apparently so, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, I could see that. But I'm glad they went for Owen Atkinson because he's... Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, just the not being able to say Sinjin or not being quite sure <laughs> how to pronounce it. <laughs> Who knows how to pronounce that? I like all the uh, I like all the scenes um, on the morning of the weddings as well. There's Charlie and Scarlett legging it yes. out of the flat, trying yeah. to get dressed on the way. Again, it's a bit far-fetched. Oh, it's very if we're far-fetched. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we're going to get onto it, is so it a bit far-fetched? far-fetched. There is no way any human being can get ready that quick. And Mm-mm. look as good as they do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, because... Scarlett does have the back of her dress on zip right down to her knickers <laughs> she at does, one point. yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> uh, but from the front, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, is, on the subject of is it a bit far-fetched, um, that first wedding, 
I've never heard singing as good as that at a wedding. Uh, you, you never, no one sings loudly at a wedding. Hardly anyone sings mm-hmm. at all at weddings because yeah. no one knows the songs. And Jerusalem, unusual choice for a, it for is, a, yeah, a wedding song. Good tune. It is mm-hmm. good tune. Yeah, that's they're like a songs of praise audience. Almost, <laughs> you know, it's not not your typical wedding. Yeah, not really. Um, and the the speed at which these relationships uh, develop is a little bit far-fetched. Yeah, a little bit hasty. Yes. And and yeah. the speed at which they manage to organise these weddings as well. <laughs> oh, on the, on, on the subject of organising weddings and far-fetched. Mm-hmm. So Carrie is, like, getting married to Hamish, yes. decides she's going to invite a group of pretty much strangers to her. Yes. To her wedding. Just like, just like, Oh yeah, you should come to my wedding and and bring your friends. Yeah, all those people are. Just and met. it's like, yeah, exactly. All those people that one you don't really know, two you now have to pay for them to be there and eat your food and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, whoa, girl, like, how much money do you have that you can afford to just like add an extra like half a dozen people into your wedding party? Hamish clearly has a, a pile of money. Oh, I know, but that's proper rubbing people's noses, isn't it? It is. I mean, she does make the excuse that she doesn't really know anybody. Oh, yeah, over I suppose. Here. She makes that. But, yeah, it is, it is a bit tenuous that you'd invite all those those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, apparently, I don't know if you picked this up, I like watching credits. I'm a little bit sad like that. Um, <laughs> and I just like, I just sometimes you just pick things up. I like looking for a bit of nepotism. You know, I like okay. looking for, uh, you know, oh, I wonder if they're related to the director, you know, that kind of thing. Um, right. But, and I just like looking for really funny, you know, job titles, you know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. But I just like, I like looking at credits. And I noticed that they, they had, for, for Hamish's uh, uh, wedding, uh, for that scene, they had an aristocracy coordinator. <laughs> right. Uh, who just got extras who were actual... Uh, aristocracy and well-to-do people so that, you know, they would look, you know, the, the, the scene would, would look the part. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought all their own clothes, you know, they didn't have to fit them for wardrobe because they just, they brought all their own fancy suits and whatnot. Oh, nice. And just really, you know, set the scene. And who, who, you might ask, was that aristocracy coordinator? Oh, Thanks for on. asking. Thanks for asking. It was Amber Rudd. Uh, yes, the, far- the former Home Secretary. What? This is true fact. Amber Rudd, <gasps> oh the former Home Secretary, was the aristocracy coordinator on Four Weddings and a Funeral. She is apparently okay. a direct descendant of King Charles II. I'm not even making this up. Of course she is. So there you go. Wow. So, yeah, so Hamish, he's got a ton of money. Yes. Um, and they wanted to obviously make it look that way by mm-hmm. populating his, his wedding with actual aristocracy. Nice. There you go. And all you have to pay him in is champagne. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They Stand around drinking champagne. some champagne for a couple of hours. Yep. Mill Sorted. around. Yeah. Yep. All good. It's all good. <laughs> That's so very random. Isn't it? Isn't it though? Yeah. Yeah, the far-fetched, on the, on the far-fetched scale. Putting all Charles' ex-girlfriends on one table. With him, yeah. With him. 
it's a, it's a fun scene, but you just think that it is very would fun. Never happen. Mm-mm. Wouldn't happen. not unless the bride really hated him as well. Oh goodness, yeah, definitely. In which case, you know, you could see that happening at a British wedding. I suppose you, but I don't think she's got any axe to grind. That's just no. Not any particular doesn't, it doesn't seem grind, like so, it. No. So why would you? So that happening is is a bit bit far fetched. Yeah, and to be fair, if it did happen, you just wouldn't go and sit down. No, you'd just move. You'd, you'd be just... like, mate, can you just swap exactly. with me, please? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you would. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you, you would do that. Is there any running? There is a little bit of running. There's a lot of running Ch- because people are late. Yes, lots of running for that reason. Yeah. There's no there's no exercise related. There's, a, ro- there's a romantic run as well where he chases after... That's true. Uh, Carrie, who yes. runs up the stairs and yes, in chases after shows. her to profess yes. his awkward love for her. Yes. Uh, something again that um, that Richard Curtis uh, discusses about Hugh Grant and his performance is, and I found this really interesting, all these ums and hesitations and not quite being able to get his, his words out, mm-hmm. it's all super rehearsed. Right. It, they talk about how precise he is about his lines. And that's one wow. of the reasons that they cast him. Because he's precise and can do all that bumbling and make it look like he's bumbling. But he absolutely yeah. isn't. He can, you know, he can knock out those lines repeatedly in multiple takes. Wow. Exactly the same. Because apparently that in that last scene with the with the rain, is it still raining? Mm-hmm. I hadn't noticed. The rain was really loud, so they had to loop the dialogue. And at the time, they said, there's no way he's going to be able to do that because the whole speech is umming and ahhing and mm-hmm. all this Hugh Grant bumbling. And apparently, he completely nailed it. He did, wow. exact, ex- he did exactly the same ums and ahs in exactly the right place. Oh, my gosh. So That is yeah, a skill. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, I, I miss I missed this out, but apparently Alan Rickman was considered for the role. <gasps> yes, I read that. Yeah. In fact, I've written down Alan Rickman and then lots of exclamation marks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and would he, have been a different was, yeah, film. Richard Curtis apparently fought really hard to get him yeah. cast as Charles, but he said, no, he's too old. I love Alan Rickman, but mm-hmm. it would have been an entirely different film. It would, yeah, agreed. And would Hugh Grant have had his career without this film? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, that would Plus, have been interesting. Would have been interesting. My mind automatically went to like Severus Snape, Alan Rickman, and I was trying to yeah. <laughs> get that image out of my head of like Severus Snape in four weddings and a funeral. And I was thinking, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he he was he he, he was in. Truly, madly, deeply. He obviously mm. played a dead love interest in that. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. Um, he can do love interest. Yeah, he can. Yes, well, but it would actually. have been. A... He got his moment later. True, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. But, um, yeah, that would have been a completely different film. Uh, we've done running. Uh, but is there any good food? I mean, it's it's a wedding. There's wedding four buffets. weddings. Yes. Yeah. So there's and, lots and a of... funeral buffet as well i assume yes yes although we don't see that do we no but um but yeah lots of wedding food you don't see much of the wedding food you see a lot of the booze 
but you don't see a lot of the wedding food. There's a lot of breakfasts. That that's like what I see when I go to weddings. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> not so much food. <laughs> oh, for me, it's all about the buffet. All about the buffet, and that is a very very good reason to get married. Uh, you get yeah. to be the first at the buffet. Oh, I can highly yeah. recommend it. Uh, but yeah there's lots of breakfasts there's breakfast in bed Scarlett uh, has tea and toast in bed uh, when they receive toast oh I know I know on a tray and everything Um, Matthew and Gareth's breakfast again something that you only really pick up on on a rewatch so they've got some Kellogg's common sense I believe other cereals are available in fact I don't even think they make common sense I was going to say I don't even know what that is no I remember having it but um, it was a you know, as you'd expect, a sensible breakfast cereal. Mm-hmm. You know, no sugar, you know, no additives, no fun at all. No fun. But no, <laughs> none whatsoever, unless you put a lot of sugar on it. Um, but, it, yeah, at the very, very beginning, they've got the common sense breakfast cereal and they've got the fry up. And you can oh, guess yeah. whose is whose. Yeah. You know, John Hannah's is the sensible breakfast, Gareth's is the not-so-sensible breakfast, and obviously that comes yes. back to bite him a bit later on. Um, but Gareth. again, you don't really pick that up on a first watch. But then when no. you rewatch it, you're like, oh man, maybe if you'd have had the Kellogg's. Silly man. Get some calcium in your lap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of breakfast. And I think they're uh, I think the breakfast in before Charles's wedding as well when the when they're early mm-hmm. to the church. Um, when I watch the commentary, and this is the, perhaps the most fun thing and just the most British film the British thing about this film when I listened to the commentary there was a definite sound of cups and saucers being chinked all right. the way through the commentary it's like oh my <laughs> I could just imagine them all sitting round with a pot of tea you know yeah. and a proper china proper yeah. china cups and saucers it's like you know there's got to be some good biscuits there for Duncan too oh, definitely yeah yeah it just doesn't get any more British than that but yeah plenty of good food <laughs> Mm. Um, what's your you, so you 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 talked about scenes you don't like? Oh yeah, so there's a few I could definitely fast forward. Really, go for it. Well, um, okay, so the wedding dress shopping. Oh man, I could totally fast forward that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I just there's too many things about that scene that I'm just like, why is it there? Why would he what? go wedding dress shopping with the girl that he's in love with? Yeah, I have this That's getting married to somebody else. Why? I was going to file this under any other business, but I'm going to bring it up now, as you mentioned it. Uh Uh-huh. I enjoyed this film when I first saw it, and I had no issue with any (laughs) of the characters. I thought it was lovely, and everyone ends up with the person that they should be with, and isn't it sweet, and it's all fabulous. Now, on a rewatch... I've realised that Carrie is basically a horrible human being. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why we're supposed to root for her. I and don't. as you say, that wedding dress scene almost it, it it's almost put there to make you go, This woman is horrible. What is she doing? She's torturing this poor guy yeah. who she knows um carries a torch for her. And if this was uh, you know, a, a less well-respected writer, you would think, well, he's put this scene in in order to make us dislike her. But mm-hmm. he hasn't because he, she ends up with Charles. 
spoiler yeah. alert. So, as you say, why is that scene there? I don't get it. It makes you take like... against the character, and, and, you, and you, you, you can't, you shouldn't do. I know. And it also seems like she's buying that wedding, uh, that dress, like not too long before a wedding as well, which also stresses me out because I don't think that ever happens. No, that's far fetched. Yeah, that is very far fetched. And also, would she really be going wedding dress shopping on her own? Like, not a single other person with her. She must have at least one friend in Britain. She's been over to Britain for several weddings before now. Surely there must be some girlfriend. You would that think is willing so. to go wedding dress shopping with her. So was she actually intending on going wedding dress shopping or did she just see Charles and think, I know, I'm just going to make your day miserable. Exactly. <laughs> and take your dress shopping. I just, why? I just don't understand that scene. Maybe she doesn't have any friends in, in Britain and maybe that's but, because she's a horrible human being. Yeah, <laughs> because she keeps sleeping with all her partners and husbands exactly. and things right. or she something, I don't with, know. She's slept with over 30 <laughs> men. Now, I know we're not supposed to, like, judge people on the, you know, uh, yeah. level of, of, of sexual conquest these days. But still, it, and, then to, and then to list them. Yeah. Uh, over breakfast or whatever it is that, the, that they're eating. She slept mm-hmm. with Charles whilst engaged to Hamish. Mm-hmm. Then she refers to Charles in her speech at the wedding. as She yeah. doesn't refer to him by name. But she refers to him as uh, basically a plan B, someone who mm-hmm. offered to, uh, you know, to step in should should Hamish change his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, these 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 are horrible things to do to a person. Then she turns up at Charles's wedding to tell him that she's split up from Hamish. She could have just kept her mouth shut. Yeah, she didn't have to do that. So rude. Yes, um, she's very horrible. Fiona calls it at the first wedding. She basically mm-hmm. says she's a bit of a slapper. Yeah, um, and she does. <laughs> she is not wrong. She's not wrong. No, she's not. <laughs> and apparently, it's not just us that think this. There was a British online poll that voted her <laughs> the most annoying movie character of all time. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, so, British poll. Yes. You are right. However, Charles does jilt uh, Hen at the altar, so they deserve each other. Yeah, it's pretty bad that he jilts her at the altar, although at least he actually looks like he feels really bad about it and he's torn. It looks like he's about yes. to go through with it yes. because he feels like that's the right thing to do. Yeah, he is. So he's at least he married. has like a little bit of like scruples about him, you know. He's... He does, and he gets punched in the face for his uh Yes, for and, his crime. and he's quite willing to go and face the music when the doorbell rings at home later on. Quite right, yeah. He won't yeah. let his friends go and deal with whatever's there. <laughs> Andy McDowell, Carrie. In, in um, the rain. Yeah, in the rain. So, yeah, that, yeah. And I, I don't think Hen is uh, as bad a person as she's made out to be. Because I know you said before that mm. she's a, she's horrible to her dad. I don't think she's that horrible. Um, you know, she's got a she's bit, a bit of, smug. like, bridezilla about her. She's got a bit of bridezilla about her. She's a bit smug. And, yes, yes she is a little bit of a bunny boiler. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know... All the all the stuff I've just listed that Carrie mm-hmm. did to uh, to Charles and indeed to Hamish. Out of the two, yeah. I don't think Hen's too bad. Plus, you know, if you've been called duck face for a lot of your uh, adult life or while you've been going out with Charles by his best friend, yes. then you're going to be a bit prickly. You are, yeah. 
Yeah. Which is quite understandable. Yes. But like I said, you know, you don't know what relationship they had before either. So, True. you know, she might have been seriously hurt by him because he's been a not very nice boyfriend. But he hasn't slept so. with over 30 women. Well, yeah, he's not slept with over 30 women. So no. that's something. <laughs> it is. But he's a commitment phobe. <gasps> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there, there is that. There was like a fast forward scene that's related to that and sort of far fetched at the same time, and that's the um, the wedding gift buying. Oh, that's that's a horrid scene. You're right. It is. It just makes me not like it. In that scene, I just I'm like, right, I don't like British. I don't like weddings. I don't like rich people who can be snobbish like that. Exactly, you know, because just because I don't like people that expect people to spend that amount of money. Exactly. It's insane. The uh, the lady in the uh, the antique shop, who takes a good part off because she's horrible, um, is, I think, uh, Mike Newall's missus. Um, oh. Director's missus. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, right. But, yeah, she's, she's horrible. I mean, I'm sure she's yeah. a lovely lady, but uh, <laughs> the character that she plays is, is, is yeah, dreadful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And who How puts a fertility statue on the wedding gift list that costs like seven grand or something or however much yeah. it was? Yeah. I just, again, who are these people? <laughs> I understand that most of the people that are invited to the wedding are aristocracy, as previously discussed, mm-hmm. but some of them, I mean, goodness alone knows what Charles and all his friends do for a living or if indeed they do anything for a living. I but, know. You know, there's always going to be but, people who can't afford so much. If... If this story is inspired by Richard Curtis, does that mean at all those 65 weddings over 10 years he had to spend like a grand or more on a wedding gift Possibly. for each one? Yeah, that's probably what's a made good him job he's a very it. popular writer. Yeah, I mean, what happened to like a toaster, uh, you know, a toaster and a kettle set from Argos? Yeah, or a next voucher. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. That, the, that is, a, that is a, quite a horrid scene. Yeah, yep. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible scene. I mean, not certainly not a fast forward, but a bit that I don't like is uh, when obviously when um, when Gareth has his uh, uh, collapse at the wedding, and mm-hmm. Charles has to make his way through the crowd to go and tell Matthew, and then you oh, have yeah. that that brilliant shift in tone from this mm-hmm. opulent Scottish wedding to this kind of depressing council estate, and it's 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 brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 sad, isn't it? It's very yeah yeah. Uh, it's not a fast forward moment. It's just a. Mm, it's just why a does that moment. have to happen? Yes, yeah, it yeah. is. It's a thoroughly but but it, it's life, isn't it? Weddings mm-hmm. and funerals. Soundtrack. Soundtrack what? is interesting. Oh well, I'll let you take the lead on this then, because all I've got is that song. <laughs> That <laughs> that song, I can't yeah, think. I which feel one it in my fingers. It was number one for fifteen weeks. Yeah, it's huge. It was a huge song. Fifteen weeks, unbelievable. Uh, did you buy it? Uh, I didn't, but I think I had the album that it was off. I was just gonna say we definitely had the album knocking about yeah, in the house. Yeah. It was a good album. I think it was like a present for my mum or something. Yeah, well, thanks for that. No, I, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, actually, I actually purchased it myself because I was cool like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had the album, which I can't, I honestly can't remember. Is it High on the Happy Side? I may be wrong. 
footnote. Wrong again. High on the happy side was the 1992 album from Wet Wet Wet. That song, Love Is All Around, was on the 1995 album Picture This. Only Frankie Lane's I Believe and Brian Adams' Everything I Do, I Do For You spent longer as a UK number one. This song is still the UK's best-selling love ballad of all time. There may be a footnote coming on, but okay. uh, yeah, I had the album, but I was not responsible for buying the single. No, absolutely not. But yeah, what I like about the um, about the soundtrack is that a lot of the songs on it are from the first wedding, but they're all covers at the first wedding. So it's a covers band that are playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got the real artists on the soundtrack, which is right. Okay, I just thought that was quite fun. So you've got I Will Survive and Stand By Your Man and obviously that song. Um, but they're all done by a covers band. Mm-hmm. I hadn't actually put those two and two together. No, so, I had to look yeah, it up because I thought, I wonder if the soundtrack is like a, a cover soundtrack almost. Mm-hmm. But no, the soundtrack album is, is the original artist. Uh, you've got that um, Elton John's Going to the Chapel uh, was recorded for the film. So that was uh, that was specially recorded for the film. Uh, Nice. By all accounts, the uh, the the writer of the uh, the rest of the the, the original soundtrack, um, who was Richard Rodney Bennett, um, he fell asleep watching the film for the first time. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, this is what they, this is what they do not fall asleep, um, but this is what they do when, when they invite a, uh, the musician to come in and mm-hmm. to watch the film and get a feel for it. Apparently, he fell fast asleep. So I'm not not sure what that says about the film, but you know, <laughs> nevertheless. I'm sure it just had a very long day. Quite possibly. It's tiring being a musician. It is. Has it dated? Yes. Yeah, I would say so. In a few ways, I guess. Mm. Fashion. Yeah, although (laughs) I really love Scarlett's dress at the first wedding. Oh, I know. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But all the other dresses are hideous. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I actually can't think of, like, a nice dress in it at all. No. The, the wedding dresses are very much of their time. Mm-hmm. I do like Gareth's um, waistcoats. Yes, they're about the they're nicest quite... piece of. Uh, the very, the very nineties. Yeah. They are. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, definitely dated by the by the fashion and the cars. Um, yes, the oh, cars I love are... it for the cars. Yes, I know. I, I, it's just when you when you watch something that's been made in your lifetime, and you know mm-hmm. you don't think it's that long ago. Um, and then yeah. you watch it and you're like, oh my word, this is like watching something from the 70s. <laughs> you know, the cars have got tax discs in them. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's dated. And I think even though it is a quintessentially British film of its time, even for that, there's a distinct lack of diversity. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think there is one black face at the funeral that I can remember. Everyone else is very, yeah, very, very I white. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And the thing that really struck me is how things have changed in terms of marriage, civil partnerships, mm-hmm. same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, because at no point, obviously, because it wasn't legal, but at no point during the film does anyone suggest that uh, Gareth and, and Matthew get married or ask them why they're not married. Yeah. And watching it now, that seems really weird. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of adds to the upset, I think, in in 
the scene with Gareth's funeral when Matt's yes. talking and he's almost being quite guarded in the way that he's talking about Gareth, like he's trying to get across his point of how important he was to him. Yes. But without actually outwardly saying, you know, I loved him and he loved me and yeah, that's how we were and that was our relationship. He's still got like a little bit of a guard up. Yeah. And because just that not was, just saying it out like it, that like it was. Yeah. The, 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 just the line where his, where his voice kind of cracks on, oh. you know. Oh, I yeah. can't. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even say it. It's just, it's just so sad. Um, but they Cause... even they even introduce him as he gets up at the at the funeral, uh, as Gareth's closest friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just think, oh my word, this this wasn't that long ago. I know. And it it's feels a bit distressing. Very, yeah, it feels very dated in that respect. That yeah. said, I I enjoyed the film for what it was. You've just got to remember that it's almost a period piece. Mm. And I think if they tried to remake it now, I'm not sure if it would work because of all the complex politics of weddings these days. I'm not sure if it would work because I think the writers would want to tick so many boxes. It might be overthought, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I came. We, we we were just we were just texting about this earlier on, weren't we? But um, I was trying to think who would you cast. You know, could you have a more diverse cast if you, uh huh, if they did remake it? Because there's a lot of fab young British actors, mm-hmm. and you know, you you could. I'm not suggesting they should by any means. No, please don't. No, please don't. <laughs> but if you did, you know, who who do you think would? Who could you see in these roles? Um, yeah, when you asked me about it earlier on, I automatically went to thinking about like sort of a similar group of actors and actresses that we've got now, yeah, as what as what the cast were then, so for me, I was thinking, oh, Tom Hiddleston would be yes. great as Charles because he would play he he would be able to do like that sort of suave, i don't know like lovable sort of mess that I can Charles see is. that yeah I can yeah. definitely see that do you see what I mean so yeah but I mean there's got to be yeah I reckon there must be like about a dozen British actors that could probably play Charles as well but for me I'd probably yeah. pick Tom Hiddleston just for that reason well you to be fair you would pick Tom Hiddleston for <laughs> any any part that is true yeah that is true yeah good call <laughs> um yeah I, I went for James Norton Mm-hmm. For the same reason, you know, he's got the suave thing about him. Um, yeah, I had to, um, I had to have a little look at James Norton. Oh yeah, of course, exactly. And yeah, he is like a mini Hugh Grant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think he could do it. You could, you could have Phoebe Wallerbridge as Fiona. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, Phoebe Wallerbridge. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. I um, I wrote Gemma Arterton. Oh okay. Yeah, I like her very much. Yeah, yeah. I do like yeah. her. I think, she, but again, it's like it's it's an actress that you sort of like in general, not just for like the roles they've played, but maybe you've seen them in interviews and they come yeah. across well, like Kristen Scott Thomas does. They they would make her character. I mean, her character's likable anyway, but they would make her character more likable. Definitely, yeah. 
who who else did I uh, did I come up with? Scarlet, um, and of not not a not a British actor, but um, uh, Beanie Feldstein. I thought could do. Uh, who? She was in. Have you seen Booksmart? Oh no, but it's on my list to watch it. Yes. Um, so one of the leads out of that. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, she would be fab. I was actually just googling, you know, you kind of young, young British uh, actors, both male and female, and mm-hmm. all the all the female uh, up and coming stars, they all look very serious on their IMDb pictures, <laughs> and you, yeah, <laughs> because you know that that's what sells, I suppose, this kind of mm-hmm. you know pouty look. Um, yes, I'm just trying to think of someone who's a bit more light hearted, you know, someone who's well. For for my Scarlet, I picked um, Zoe Ashton. Um, she played Vod in Fresh Meat. Oh, I never watched that. Well, I'll have to look now, her up. Well, it's because of her playing Vod in Fresh Meat that she popped into my head as someone right, who would okay. be good at playing Scarlet. Yeah. Because um, she's quite wild and like free-spirited in it and yeah. things. And Zoe Ashton is just... I, I love her to bits. I think she's brilliant. That, and especially yeah, in that, like she's call. great. But she's actually just been um, named as the villain for Captain Marvel 2 as well. Oh, right. Yay. Excellent. So, more Zoe Ashton. Um, for Carrie, mm-hmm. I thought if you wanted to go with someone similar to um, yes. Andy McDowell, similar, I guess, um, Margot Robbie, I oh, thought would do glamorous, yeah. um, a glamorous American very well. If you did want to go for a more a more diverse cast, which it, this this is what you know what would happen, and quite rightly yeah. too, Zazie Bates, right? Who you might weirdly you might not remember the name, but she was the love interest in Joker. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. she's such a good actress. Yes, exactly. She was yeah. great in that film, and you know, and and quite glamorous, and you can imagine that someone would be taken with her if they saw her at a wedding in a fancy hat that they bought especially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, w- I went for that. And for Tom, I went for Dev Patel because he has to be in everything. Oh, yeah, and he's, he does. and he's got fabulous comic chops. Mm-hmm. I think he would be great. Good call. Very I was trying. Good call. To, I, I was trying to come up with uh, because David Bauer, who plays David, is an uh, is an actual deaf actor, um, mm-hmm. which is great and way ahead of its time for the uh, casting. So I was trying to come up with other deaf actors right for our fantasy recasting and that was quite difficult and then i caught the end of a quiet place on tv last night oh yeah and the uh the the girl who plays um who plays a daughter uh she is a deaf actress right and she's uh 18 i think millie simmons so I'm gonna go for my fantasy recasting. Yeah. I'm gonna do a gender swap on that. I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna cast her. Why not? Um, she's very good. Have you have you seen a Quiet Place yet? Have you have you? No, I'm still too scared to watch it. Watch no, it. it's, it's been recorded on my TiVo box for months. You need months. to watch it. It really isn't that scary. No, but it's that ten. It's that level of intensity. Yeah. I I'm just I I don't feel ready for it yet. Okay. Okay. But you because watch I've it. watched, you it's know, great. I watched um, what's the one with the monster in New York City? That does not narrow it down. Cloverfield, yeah, King Cloverfield, Cloverfield, yeah. <laughs> so I loved, I, I loved that film when I watched it, but 
it took me ages to wind up to watching it. And the whole way through, I was just like holding a cushion against my chest with my knees curled up. <laughs> and I was literally sweating at the end of the film <laughs> because I get myself that worked up about it. And I know that The Quiet Place is going to do the same thing. Yeah, it might do. It might do. Yeah, but so is... I know I'll enjoy it, but you I will. just need to decide when I want to be sweaty and stressed out. Yeah. Well, yeah, who needs that at the moment? Not, not at the moment. <laughs> um, so um, for my um, fantasy recasting of Carrie, I decided to go for an actress that was equally as cheesy. Okay. Um, no offence to the actress because <laughs> I do like her, but I just thought she could pull off the cheesy lines if we wanted them to be the same yep. sort of level of cheesiness. Amanda Seyfried? Oh, yes, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she'd yeah, be quite good. See that. Um and then I put or oh, Halle Berry but when she was younger. Very good. Yeah. Because yeah. she's good at she's good at cheesy lines from uh, Pierce Brosnan James Bond Definitely. experience. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, and and indeed her Oscar acceptance speech which I mean, was why? very very cheesy. Oh, it, it famously went on for a long long time and featured lots of sobbing as I recall. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, good for her. Yeah, why not? I also decided Tom Hardy should just be in this film in some capacity. Yeah, I had a few people who I just thought, I don't know who they're going to be, but they should be in this yeah. film. Yeah, Tom Hardy, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And my uh, Tom would be Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, yes, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for Matthew and Gareth, I went for... Uh, it's a tough one, but I'd have to go for Ben Wishaw as Matthew. Yeah. Because I love Ben Wishaw. I think yeah. he's wonderful in everything, especially Paddington. And <laughs> <laughs> which should go on the list, by the way. Okay. Paddington. Okay. I better amazing. watch it then. And for Gareth, <laughs> uh, Matt Lucas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you see, now I've put that together, I think eh, maybe this maybe this remake is, is not a bad idea. Yeah. After all. Maybe when we're so famous from doing this podcast, we'll be able to like make our own alternate version of four laps definitely i'll tell you what i I did watch only today actually um but there was a there was a 25 uh year anniversary of this film they did a about a 14 minutes sketch on red nose day a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. uh, which i didn't watch at the time i watched it today right um it's worth a look it's actually worth a look you know because most of the original cast are in it Mm -hmm. uh, in some capacity or another but he does address, uh, it's written by um, by Richard Curtis, um, and it does address some of the issues that we've brought up here um, in that we do have a same-sex marriage. Yay! And, oh, should I, should I should I spoiler it for you? Do you want to know who it is? I want to know. You want to know? I want to know. It's Lily James yeah. and Alicia Vikander. Ah, sweet couple. Do we need... A prequel or a sequel? Not for me. I no. don't think it needs that. No, I don't, I don't think. I don't think it does. Uh, the the one thing I am mildly interested in is where did everybody meet? Yeah, there's a deleted scene which basically explains that. Which oh right, okay, might have been worth putting in, I guess. But I think they met at most of them met at university. Gareth was a lecturer who got sacked for writing a controversial uh, paper. <laughs> Um, Scarlet was found under Charles's dining table after a party and never left. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. So then, when you hear that, you think, oh, you know what? That might be fun just to you yeah. know, just to have. But I don't think I don't think it could sustain the entire film. No, maybe they should have done that for the Red Nose Day. Maybe short, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I don't think we need. We don't. We don't yet. It's all. It's nicely finished off with all mm-hmm. those little still photographs at the end. Yeah, showing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe some people will complain about that. You know, these these people that maybe are watching it today and that are younger than us, if you can believe such a thing, that there are people who are younger than us and watching it for the first time. But maybe people might think, oh, you know, why does everyone get married at the end? You know, that's so, you know, so establishment. Um, (laughs) I think it's a nice ending. And the producer of the film, Duncan Kenworthy, was uh, John Hannah's love interest in uh, uh, in the pictures at the end. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah I like those happy photos nice at the end, little, too. Nice little feature. Is it COVID safe? Absolutely <laughs> not. It's really not. So many people at those weddings and funerals. Yes. So, yeah. No, definitely not. It will be nice when one can go to a wedding like that. I know that, I know Richard Curtis went to these 65 weddings and he was probably sick yeah. of wedding cake by the end of it, but I'm guaranteeing most people <laughs> are currently gagging to go to a wedding and yeah dance to uh macarena or something <laughs> exactly yeah 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 uh band of gold another inappropriate uh song <laughs> that they always play at weddings for for no apparent reason <laughs> it's such um, a good song but yeah and you do you get into the into the groove of that song and then they play it at a wedding <laughs> and you're like <laughs> yeah what's this about we, we once went to a, a a christening, and I don't know what on earth was going on with the DJ, but he played um, uh, Sex on the Beach. I can't nice. remember who who recorded that. And also Manic Street Preachers, yeah, if you know. tolerate this, your children will be next. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> Brilliant. I think possibly he'd just put it on random and, and gone to the bar. I can only hope so. Another, do you know it's what? It's on random. I, sh- I should probably finish with, with this because this makes me laugh every time I, uh, all the times that I've watched Four Weddings. Um, I have a friend who shall remain nameless and she we have similar taste in films. Uh, her husband doesn't like anything too complicated. He mm-hmm. likes a dead simple film, doesn't like anything too complicated. Apparently, she, she told me that it was on the third rewatch of Four Weddings and a Funeral that he realised that Gareth and Matthew were a couple. Oh. And I- <laughs> <laughs> and I broke this oh, broke this to my friend as, as a revelation. Like, wow. Oh they're a couple <laughs> As if no one had <laughs> figured this out before. Oh bless. I know, I know. And I, I yeah, I, I think of them every time I've I've been rewatching the film. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to people who are easily confused. Indeed. Uh, that probably about wraps it up, unless you have any other business. We've got another good film coming up next month. We think we may do a Easter-themed film. Yes. We're going to do Peter Rabbit. <laughs> I Peter, don't think, do think that is a popular choice. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. No. But we'll, uh, yeah, so this has been our Valentine's edition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll, Easter's uh, coming up, so. Easter's coming up, yeah. Join us next month. Where we'll be scoffing Easter eggs. Join us next month for our... We will be scoffing Easter eggs. And, and yeah, I'm watching more rewatchable films. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. 